Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. But here's something I want you to think about right now. Those of you that have been here a while, if you're brand new here, we call you VIPs. You're very important persons. We love you, and Jesus does too. But what I want to point out is those of you that's been here a while, we've been through a whole lot over this past year, and we all know that. Just a lot of things happen, especially through COVID, and people have experienced things they've never experienced before. And when you get out of that um, that mode of what you normally do, it's pretty easy to think, well, is it time to come back or not come back? So what I want to ask you is, when you look around, those of you that call this home, how many of you will lift your hand and say, I look around and I did know somebody personally, but I haven't seen them come back yet. Would you lift your hand up real quick and say, I look around and I don't see them. I have not saw them. I want you to do me a huge favor right now. And this is going to mean a lot. I want you to take your phone out right now. For those of you that see that someone that you normally see that's not here, would you take your phone out right now and I want you to text them right now. And here's what I want you to share with them. Just say, hey, I was here at church and I was thinking about you. Because you did. You just thought about them. Those people popped in your mind. So I want to ask you right now, just send them a simple text and just say, hey, I was here at church. I didn't see you. I just want you to know that I love you. I care about you and and I miss you. I hope to get to see you next week. Would you do that right now? Because what God can do with that is make a huge difference in someone's life that you took the time to do that. You know, as far as me as a shepherd, a shepherd oversees and cares for the flock. And, and that's what my job is to do. But shepherds don't make sheep. Sheep make sheep. So whenever you let the other ones know that we miss you and we care about you, we do that as a church. But it makes a huge difference when it comes from someone that you know personally in the flock. So if you would right now, whoever that person is and you know the number, send them a text right now and say, Hey, I missed you today. Just want you to know that we love you and care about you and hope to see you next week. Would you do that? And I'm going to pray over that. And, and maybe you say, well, I don't have their number, but I have it at the house or whatever. Do that today. Say, God, help me to do that today to make a difference in someone's life. Let's pray for the people that we missed that may have been here prior to COVID and they haven't come back yet. Father, we love you. We praise you and we honor you. We thank you, God, that we're on the other side and things are getting better in our, in our community and things that's going on. God, we want to pray, God, a special prayer for those people that popped in each one's mind here, God, as we reach out to them, let them know that we love them, we care about them, and we miss them, and they are a part of this family. Bless them right now where they're at, and we pray, God, as they bring their way back in, God, that we can continue, Lord, sharing and worshiping and fellowshipping and encouraging each other and reaching people to know you. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. Let's give our great God praise for what he's going to do today. All right. So, uh, what we have, we have been in this series called Bearing Fruit, and we want to bear fruit in our lives. And, and I want to say thank you to Pastor Tyler and Pastor Adam. They've done a great job the last couple of weeks, and, and I was away, and I've gotten refreshed and, and been able to come back. And today, we're going to move forward in this series. And those of you that's watching online, I want to encourage you, if you live in the area, come on back to Freedom Church. How about everybody on the count of three? Let's give a great big yell out to the people that are watching online and let them know that we love them and we miss them and we'd love to see them in person. One, two, three, go. There we go. 
So we love you guys. Hope and pray if you live close by, you'll come and be a part of what God is doing at Freedom Church. So with that being said, in honor of God's Word, don't you do me a huge favor. Would you stand to your feet as we read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And I want to ask you, if you can, to audibly read the Word out loud. Here we go. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Father, thank you for your word. May it penetrate our hearts and change our lives to make a difference in our own lives and the lives that we do life with, and God, to bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Tell the person next to you it's time to dive into the word. So, today, as we move forward in this, I'm going to be looking at and sharing with you about kindness and goodness. Now, some of you might be thinking, I thought we do one each week, Pastor. Well, think about this. Kindness and goodness goes together. It's a good thing. It's kind of like this. I'm going to spout off a word, and then you shout a word back to me that pops in your mind. You ready? Ready for this? Peanut butter and? Man, you guys are good. How about this? Steak and? Potatoes. How about this? Hamburger and fries. I'm telling you. How about this? Pork skin and French onion dip. Wait a minute. Everybody's speaking in tongues. We need an interpreter for all this stuff going on in the, in the house today. Yeah, I, man, French onion dip is really good with, with, with uh, pork skins. How many of you here like pork skins? How many of you despise them? Y'all need to get saved, people. Man, they are zero carbs. And man, I love them. I put them in a the place of potato chips, you know, and, uh, and things like that. But, but anyway, when you think about kindness and you think about goodness and, and things like that, I want you to think from this perspective of where we're living at today. I've never witnessed in my lifetime a more ugliness in the public and online and in our nation than ever before. You think about it, the bad language, the disagreements, the fights, the rage, the arguments over religion, politics, racism, all those kind of things. But, and, and I know as human beings, we're all prone to divisions. We're all prone to slander if we're not careful in our humanness. I've never ever thought about this, but till this week I was thinking, it is so easy for you and I to slander or to criticize someone that we have never met. And get this, here's what I want you to know from God's perspective. There is a direct correlation between faith and practice. The true, there's a true belief, and in our true belief in the gospel, it will reveal itself in right behavior. What I mean by that is when I say belief, I'm talking about a person that realizes their need for Christ. They're under conviction. They cry out to the Lord. They are born again. They have their name written in his book in heaven. He gives them the power of the Holy Spirit, and they let the power of the Holy Spirit guide them in every part of their lives, as it says in Galatians 5 and 25, therefore producing right behavior. I want us to take a look at kindness, and I want to break down a very good definition for it, and that is caring enough about others that we treat them with gentleness, graciousness, and with generosity. That's really what kindness is. And so and when you think about it, I really want to get really deep theologically for you. Kindness is this. You ready for this? Be kind. 
You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that are not very kind, are they? They're not kind at all. They are unkind when it comes to, to living life. And I'm talking to church people. Church, I grew up in church, so I got a right to pick on church people. Church people can be the meanest people you have ever met in your life. Can I get a witness, church? Let's be honest. And some of you are agreeing with me with it, but we're, we're the ones sometimes it's the meanest. You know, and that's just in the parking lot when we get here, people. I'm telling you right now, I've seen stuff over the years. I can't even begin to tell you it happens in the parking lot of the church. And people getting mean and, and being ugly to one another. And we're supposed to be the ones that's supposed to be let people know about Jesus. And, and even when they come into church, church people can be so mean even to the ushers. You know, you have these bands back here. And we, we don't put these bands and ropes and different things up just for our health. There's a reason for it, but I've seen people come up and push an usher out of the way and rip the seats up and say, I'm sitting here today. I'm going to worship here today, and I'm going to love Jesus. And I'm thinking, hold on, hold on a minute here, you know. I know all of us, I know for me, sometimes I get up and I feel good and I feel kind and all that kind of stuff, you know. But there's sometimes I come to church and I'm growling. Just like I watch some of you do, <laughs> I can spot some of you that I've known for a many times, and I can get within 20 foot of you, and I can tell if you're in a good mood or a bad mood, and I just kind of want to go the other way, you know. <laughs> but we all seem to do that, don't we? Every day we get up, we've got a choice if I'm going to get up and, and, be the, and, ex, and be able to exemplify the kindness and goodness that God wants me to exemplify. And, and, and I've, been a, I've been a pastor for over 20 years, and there's times just like for you, I don't want to come to church. You said, you said that, Pastor. Yes, I did. There's times that I get up and I feel bad and I don't feel good. Things that's challenged me in life and it's hurting and, and I don't feel like coming either. But we don't get mulligans for that. The Word don't give us mulligans for that. You might be hurting on the inside, but we need to be exuberant and show God's love on the outside through kindness and goodness. You know, and sometimes I'm growling and I'm not doing so good. This, this past week, I'm telling you, I dropped the ball big time on the things that we're talking about here. I'm a very assertive person a lot of times, and there's times that I can be unkind, and it happened this past week. Zion, India, my middle daughter and her husband, Caleb, their son, Zion, spent the night with us. And so Zion sleeps between Shannon and I in our king bed because he's never slept by himself. He's always slept with Indy and Caleb, and that's what befuddles me that they're having another kid. I don't know how that happened, but anyway, it did, did happen, you know. <laughs> but anyway, he's, he's about he's two years old, and he spends the night with us, and so he starts crying about 1030 at night, and Shannon wakes me up and says, roll over, you're snoring, you're scaring him. And I thought, scaring him? And so I get back to sleep. He gets, listen, I can't make this stuff up, y'all. He gets back to sleep. And next thing I know, he wakes up crying again. Shannon wakes me up again and says, you're snoring and you're scaring Zion. So I got so mad. I got up out of my sleep number, which I love my sleep number. I got up. I said, I'll just go to the other room if it's going to be that way. And I just, I lost it. Finally, I walked out and I thought, I ain't leaving my sleep number. You can leave the sleep numbers where I felt. So I, I crawled back in bed, and thank God we got through the night. But the next morning, when I woke up, the first thing I did is I had to go in there and apologize to Shanda and tell her I was sorry for acting like such a heathen last night and being unkind in the way that I acted. And she said, you don't understand, Terrell. She said, you were scaring him. I said, snoring and scaring him? I said, you've got to be kidding me. She says, no. She said, you started snoring when he went to sleep and said you were snoring. Ah, ah, ah. Said, you sound like a bear. So what did Zion do? He woke up and just started, <laughs> like he scared down the bear's going to get him. 
And I thought, okay, next time one of the grandkids spend the night with me and, uh, and us, we're going to have to figure out these sleeping arrangements because this just ain't working. But I, I, had, to, I had to eat crow. I, had to, I apologize for not being kind. But kindness is really your heart. It's the, it's the disposition to treat others nice. Look at the person next to you and, and tell them right now, tell them, be nice. Be nice. Some of you are thinking, that ain't the way you was before we got here. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be nice. And, and let me talk to the men for a minute. Now, think, think with me for a minute, men. Men have this disposition that we've seen that we've got to act like we're all that, that we've got to bow up and we've got to be strong and act like we're all tough. Let me tell you something, men. Men, all the men here, I want you to, on the count of three, I want you to go hoorah. One, two, three. <laughs> See? That's the way they are. That's the way men are. Listen, kindness isn't a weakness. Kindness is a strength. It's kind of like Jesus only referred to his character one time, Matthew 11. You can read it. He referred to his character to say, I am humble and I am meek. Meek doesn't mean weak. It means like a, a black stallion horse, bridled, strong, but under control. That's what that means. But same thing in the character of, of kindness, it's a strength. It's not a weakness for you to be kind. So kindness is the attitude of the heart. Now, when you look at goodness, goodness is a holiness of life, which is, expresses itself in always doing what is in the best interest of others. That's what goodness is. Um, I don't know if you saw that this just a couple of weeks ago, but it was just heartbreaking to me that happened in California. There was a road rage incident. Did y'all see this where that the, the mom was carrying her six-year-old child to school and a road rage incident happened, and they shot through the back of the car, and it went through the back of the child's car seat. And the child said something like, ouch, just a small something like that, but the, the child ended up dying, a six-year-old child. And um, I, know, I know over this past year we've seen a lot of things go on, and we've all had tension. We've all had stress and struggles and strains. I get that. But here's what I want to tell you. And this is for all of us. We have got to allow our lives that profess faith in Jesus to be led of the Holy Spirit of God. And as we are led of the Holy Spirit of God, you're to be led of the Holy Spirit of God in every area of your life. It has to count and it has to be looked at every day that you make a conscious decision when you get up. Because there's two voices that's always speaking to us. The voice of God wants to speak to you as a Christian, and then there is self. And self gets a lot of temptations from the enemy, Lucifer, the devil. He wants to influence that as well. And so here's what, I'm, what I want to ask you. Do you allow God's voice to, to be silenced by yourself? Because I think a lot of times we allow the things that's happened to us in our life to dictate the direction of our life, not the Holy Spirit in our life. And so... It's important that we understand God's character is kindness and goodness. I want you to get that. So when you look at the life of Jesus and you look at Jesus, how he lived, what he did, and how that he dealt with people, then we understand the true character of God the Father. Kindness and goodness is found in the character of God. It is displayed in the person and the work of Jesus Christ and in the life of the believer through the direction and leadership of the Holy Spirit. 
So our kindness and goodness will be able to, through our lives, we'll be able to reach someone who may be wicked. The kindness and goodness that we exuberate from our lives will be able to reach someone who is ungrateful. The kindness and goodness in our lives will be able to reach someone who is rebellious. Ultimately, we want kindness and goodness to be able to reach somebody who is lost and does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Says he, talking about God, is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Some people need to be showered on today. I see a lot of people that are so dry, they are so hurtful. They say things they say they don't mean to say, but they say it again anyway. We need to have that kindness showered on us, as he is talking about here in Ephesians. Psalm 145, verse 9 and verse 14 says, The Lord is good to everyone. Look at the person next to you and say, everyone. But right now, somebody just popped in your mind. And you're thinking, how could the Lord be good to them? I mean, they... Were pedophile. They abused this child. How would God be good to them? How can God be good to that person? They raped so-and-so in my family. How can God be good to that person that murdered somebody? How can God be good to that person that's a terrorist and blew a bomb up and killed all kinds of people? It says the Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. And a crowd of people this size are those that might be watching somewhere in the world. Some of you come in here with a load today, and it has got you down. You're just trying to carry it, and you're bent beneath it, and you don't know how much longer you're going to be able to take it in your relationship. You don't know how much longer you're going to be able to take it with the, peel, the bills are piling up, and you don't know how you're going to pay them, or you don't know how you're going to be able to handle the situation with a loved one that is sick and hurting, and, and it looks like death is imminent. You're carrying that load and it's bending you down. Or, or maybe it's a load of where the, you keep going back to the addiction and you try to get broken and you've went through different things, but you keep going back. You've got these loads and you're hurting and you don't know what you're going to do. That's where God is good to you. God is good to me. Psalm 25 and 8 says, The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. Is God trying to get your attention today? Because you've kind of went a little stray. He's trying to get your attention and say, I love you. I'm there for you. I want you to come back to me. Or I want you to come to me for the first time. When you look in the scriptures and you look in as we live as New Testament Christians, many of some of you may know this. And if you, those of you are avid Bible readers, and uh, you might. But when you look at 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, that's considered the pastoral epistles which is for leadership, for the direction of the church to be able to help me as leaders and others as leaders to be able to know how to lead and feed the flock and do it with integrity. But when you look at Titus in that as well, Titus has three chapters, and I want to challenge you to read Titus this week. It's just three chapters. Be sure to do that. In first chapter of Titus, you will read, it is about good leadership, God's way. Second chapter is about right living in the church. The third chapter is about right living in society. Today, I want to share with you a few verses 
Uh, and you can go back once again, read Titus 3, it's just three chapters, and I want you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you, take your pen or your highlighter and go through it and the things that speaks to you. But I want to read these first 10 verses, and then I'm gonna, I want you to reflect on something that's very important. This is not in your outline, but this is something I'm going to read to you. He says, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith. And be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes and to do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the Word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men. To live wisely, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let every, everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but show, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Now, the last part of verse 10 is reflective of all the people groups that we just talked about in the previous verses. And this is what it says. It says here, then they, they talking about all the people groups and, that we reflected on in the, in the previous verses, will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive in every way. See, the good news of Jesus and the good deeds of his followers always go hand in hand. So when we live out kindness and we live out goodness, then we're making the good news of Jesus Christ attractive to other people that we live around in our lives. So I asked you today, how attractive are you? And don't bow up and say, just take a look at me. You know, no, 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 no. I'm talking about how attractive are you in your life when it comes to someone wanting to know the Lord you say that saved you, the Lord you say you follow, the Lord you say that is your Redeemer. There's three truths about you and I bearing fruit and the attributes of that. And what we're talking about here. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to lead our lives to live the life of God. That was, that's what the ministry of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Galatians 5.25 says to let the Holy Spirit guide us in every part of our lives. But also when it comes to bearing fruit, the evidence of the, of the Holy Spirit in bearing fruit is when we're abiding in Jesus Christ. A couple of weeks ago I shared with you that in John 15 it says we're to abide in Christ. He says, for apart from me you can do nothing. So we are to be connected to the true vine at all times in our lives. But only bearing fruit is producing all nine of these attributes collectively. It's not a pick and choose process when we're going to bear fruit for Jesus Christ in our lives. God is doing everything he can do to work in our lives to integrate our character to be like his son Jesus Christ. Kindness is our core disposition of our heart. It's our attitude. And goodness is an expression of that through our actions. So kindness and goodness is rooted and it's grounded in the character of Almighty God. 
So right now, after laying that and helping you understand that, how can we live out kindness and goodness every day of our life? That's what I want to share with you. Take a look at Colossians here, chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. It says, since God chose you, look at the person next to you and said, God chose you. You wouldn't be here unless God chose you. God has chosen you for this moment for you to be holy people. Now, some of you are backing up and say, you ain't going to believe what they said before we got here. They must not be too holy. <laughs> but anyway, listen, don't, don't, don't go judging somebody. Let's, let's, let's get to where we want to go. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone. Say anyone. And some of you are thinking, but not that one. Mm-hmm. That's what you're thinking. That person's just popped in your mind. It hurts you right now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we forgive him, but not that one. And some of you think, well, pastor, you're meddling. No, I just, I'm just human like you are. But not that one. That's, that's, that's how we think in our humanness, right? Make allowance to each other's fault. Forgive any, anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. See, it's easy to be kind, isn't it, to those that are kind to you. But the Word teaches us there's no reward in that. But what about being kind to that person that has stabbed you in the back? What about being kind to that person that has talked bad about you? What about being kind to that person that beats you out of the promotion? What about being kind to that person who flipped you off in the traffic? What about being kind to that person that has hurt you so deeply, it seems you get up with it, you go to bed with it, and you think about it every day. What about being kind to that person? You know, it might be a situation. Sometimes you, you got to be kind. Sometimes you might have to say, honey, would you just put the knife down, sweetie? Got to be kind. Hard to do sometimes, isn't it? God won't make you be kind. It's your choice. So what do we do each day when we go out? It is a mindset and it is a choice. You've got to put it on. Look at the person next to you and say, put it on. Say it again. Put it on. Now say, I want to hear back from you guys saying, put it on. You say, what do you mean put it on? You have got to put it on. You've got to clothe yourselves. You've got to put it on. Kindness is something you've got to put on every day of your life. And listen, I'm not here pointing at you. I've got three wiggling back at me if I do so. We've got to put it on. Goodness is to, so when we go from this, understand that kindness is that attitude. Goodness is to bring benefit to someone else's life. Get that. But kindness is your attitude in the process. Goodness is what I do for you. Goodness is what you do for somebody. Now, Jesus was being challenged by the Pharisees about who their neighbor was. And Jesus went on to tell them this story about the Good Samaritan in Luke 10. He said, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed him by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan 
came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to, the, to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Can you imagine this scenario here? Here we got, we got a pastor and we got a deacon. Here, they're supposed to be doing what God would have them to do. And they had the opportunity to help somebody that was laying by the street, but they did not take the opportunity because they did not want to get involved. Now, how many of you agree with me that we live in a day that nobody wants to get involved in anything? Are you with me? We are so scared of being sued or we're so scared of getting our time interrupted or making us late somewhere. We just don't want to get involved. Isn't that the way of the world? They went by on the other side of the street and they did absolutely nothing, this priest and this Levite. I don't know about you, but man, this story here that I read this week just rocked my world. And I thought, man, this is what you do when things go down. How many of you heard of the story of where the guy comes and he comes up on a wreck on a bridge and he dove off the bridge 25 feet into water to rescue a baby that had been ejected out of the car. Anybody hear about that? Some of you heard about that. Here's the deal about it. It says the man dives 25 feet off the bridge into shallow water after a baby, two-year-old baby, had been ejected from the vehicle. It's a, it says that he dove off the Ocean City, Maryland Highway Bridge and, and to be able to save a two-year-old that was ejected from the car, which was a five-car crash. Okay, and it says the rescuer who was a few vehicles behind it, which who wishes to remain anonymous, okay, says that he dove off his 25 feet of water. Somebody was in a boat coming along by there. They picked up the guy and picked up the, uh, the baby, and then they were able to get them over to the, um, to the, the paramedics were waiting on the side over there. And they was able to get, and, it, and the boater went to tell them that it was only four or five feet of water he dove into, 25 feet. That's a lot. So it says the infant was, that was picked up by a helicopter carried to John Hopkins Children's Hospital and is in stable condition. But here's what I want to get to you. The assistant chief of the Ocean City Fire Department, James Jester, said the anonymous hero obviously has hero blood in him. He has hero blood in him. Every one of us that are bought and purchased and given our lives to Christ, did you know you've got royal blood flowing through your veins? It's hero blood. It is the name of Jesus. And Jesus wants us to be a hero in our everyday life because you're going to run up on somebody who needs you to be the hero and the character and the character of God, which is the kindness and goodness of God. And we don't want to put up the old excuse, I'm not going to get involved. No, listen, just tell, let people know, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to go out here and despite myself, I'm going to share the kindness and the goodness of God. I'm going to be a light to people. When I get done, they're going to be attracted to the name of Jesus. How many of you know somebody needs to be attracted to the name of Jesus today? When you go out on any typical day in the life you're living right now and what you do in your life, would you tell me that, man, I live 100% all the time, they're attracted to Jesus, or are we living in such a way that it breaks the heart of Almighty God and He, and he, and he frowns because the character we're showing is not the character 
of Jesus. Take a look at this man here, this despised Samaritan. Despised Samaritan did what the religious guys didn't do. And get this, why in the world would they call him a despised Samaritan to be recorded throughout history? Because the Jewish people, including the man on the ground, Jews despised Samaritan because they looked down on him as a mixed race people. And he did that which God's people didn't do. It goes on to say, now Jesus asked the question, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? And the man replied, the one who showed mercy. And what did Jesus say? Yes, now go and do the same. I got a word for you today, just do it. Look at the person next to you and tell them, just do it. Just do it. Don't question it. Just do it. You say, well, I'm not going to be kind and I'm not going to be good to these people. What if God was like that in our life? What if we weren't going to be kind? See, kindness and goodness is woven together in the fabric of God's grace. And we need to be graceful people. If I hold grudges, I am not a kind person. If I'm a person that I refuse to forgive, then I don't have God's kind and good disposition in my life. This kindness and goodness that we want to give, there's people, I promise you, that you're going to do it to that they don't deserve it. There's going to be people in your life that you show kindness and goodness to that they'll never be able to repay you for what you do. So I asked you, church, is God's kindness and goodness being revealed every day of your life in order to attract others to Jesus? If not, why not? We have to take on God's character, not mine. I have to take on leadership of his spirit, not my humanness. Galatians 6 and 10 says, therefore. When you see the word therefore, you know what that word means? This is what it's there for. Everybody got that, okay? All right, let's look at this. It says, whenever we have the, what's that word? Say it out loud. Okay, about a third of you did it. Okay, I'm going to say it one more time because I'm going to drill you in on this and I'm praying for you to have opportunity like never before. Wherever we have, whenever we have the opportunity, opportunity we should do good to including that one that just popped in your mind. Sitting back here that you don't like to think about. You've been praying, praying curses on, hoping they die. Meet, you don't want to meet Jesus. You don't even want to see him in heaven. There's people that act and think like that because of things that's happened. But it says do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. So since you've heard this word today, I believe and I'm praying that God is going to give you an opportunity this week to be kind and to be good to somebody, especially someone in your church family. But maybe you've decided, nope, I'm not doing it. If I see them, I'm going to turn and go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You see them in Wally World, you know what you do, don't you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know what you do. You see them and you, you duck and go the other way because you don't want to see them. You're scared to see you. You have to speak to them. You don't even want to speak to them. That's who I'm praying you're going to run into this week and you ain't got no way to get away from it. You're going to have to deal with it in the name of Jesus and going to get repented. Start preaching old school here. Opportunity. Say, God, give me an opportunity, God. Give me an opportunity, God. 
give me an opportunity, but if I say I'm not going to do it, therefore, here, y'all know what the word therefore means in this next verse here? Anybody know what that means? It means this source is therefore. But anyway, it says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is what? What's that word? It's sin. That means I'm going to miss the mark and I'm going to sin against God because I have the opportunity and I choose not to do it. Listen, when you have the opportunity, the ability, the resources to do good and you choose not to and you walk by and you ignore it, you have just sinned against Jesus who died for you on the cross. So what do we do? We seize every opportunity. The first week of the series, I used the same point with seize opportunity. And the reason I'm doubling down on it, when I'm sitting here screaming it and I get tired of saying it, you're just now getting it. I, listen, I don't care where you are in life. Somebody helped you. So what do you mean? Somebody helped you to get a job that you weren't qualified for. Somebody introduced you to a spouse that you weren't qualified to marry, and they've come out to be your life mate and friend. Somebody blessed you and maybe loaned you some money when they were skittish to even do it because they wondered if you'd ever pay them back. Somebody blessed you with an opportunity that you were undeserving of. Somebody has been a blessing to you in your life. Somebody else has been kind and good to you. So don't act like you ever got where you're at on your own. God has helped every one of us through somebody else with kindness and goodness to benefit my life and to benefit yours. And as God's people, let us be God's people to where we we get away from being self-centered. We get away from being self-focused. And we start being a blessing to other people. And when we start being a blessing to other other people that gets the attention and it, it is totally attractive to be able to someone to want to know who's the God that you serve because people don't act like that in this world and thank you Jesus that you have I'm praying God's going to give me and you every one of us an opportunity to be kind and good to someone and you know what it may cost you time it may cost you an interruption It may cost you money, but oh my goodness, how it attracts somebody to Jesus is what it's all about. What's going to motivate me and you to do it? The motivational factor, hands down, is love. Is love. Love will cover a multitude of sin. I really love how Paul describes to the Corinthian church what love is. And I want to read it there in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Listen to this. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or rude or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. As I was studying this week, this, this, this came to me, and I thought, what if I pulled the word love out, and I stuck my name in the place of love? And I started to read it, and as I started to read it, it was like, Terrell is patient and kind, and I just stopped right there. I said, I have destroyed the whole Word of God here. And I thought, what if I said, Terrell is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. I destroyed that this week. I was rude to my wife. Or if I said, Terrell does not demand his own way. 
Terrell is not irritable. Terrell keeps no record of being wronged. And I thought, I can't do this. But then the epiphany came from the Holy Spirit of God. It could read like this. Jesus in me. Woo. Jesus in me is patient and kind. Jesus in me is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Jesus in me does not demand its, its own way. Jesus in me is not irritable, and Jesus in me keeps no record of being wronged. Jesus in me does not rejoice about injustices, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Jesus in me never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance that's why it's so crucial that you understand that the spirit of God is the spirit of Jesus and when you allow the spirit of God to lead you and guide you in every part of your lives as it says in Galatians 5 25 then Jesus and you can do this together as I was studying and I was thinking about our world and the shape that it's in my mind was guided to 3 John. 3 John is the little bitty, just, uh, just, it's just like one chapter. And I was looking at the story in there and, and, what, and what John was saying, the revelator was saying, John, John um, the beloved of Jesus, he was saying how this guy would not help this traveling preacher and, and how that he was doing these things and he had a bad influence. And, and then John goes on to say this. He says, dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. I want to challenge you that. Don't let someone else's bad influence dictate what you're going to do. You just got to, you got to look away from that. He says, follow only what is good. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove they are God's children. So I asked you, can you in your life can you make sure that what you do, that it proves to everybody else you're God's children? Or is there things you're questioning right now and the Holy Spirit's put his thumb on that someone would question whether you're a child of God by your language, by the things you say, the things you post on your social media, the jokes you tell, the temper you let fly, the actions that you don't do or not do? Because it goes on to say here, and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. See, kindness and goodness can be summed up in saying that you and I are putting love into action. And that's how it can be summed up. Just, just imagine with me and track with me just right. Just imagine if we all got this and we took it to heart, unleashing a force of kindness and goodness on our community and beyond. Could you imagine what it would do to attract people to Jesus? Just think if, if we took kindness and goodness to our communities, to the people that are broken, the people that are hurting, the people that are self-centered, the people that don't deserve it, the people out there that, that is divided, the people out there that is this out there doing everything that they don't need to do. What if we showed everyone kindness 
and goodness of God's character through our lives. Imagine the difference it would make if they would want to know Jesus. That's what it's all about. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you so much and we praise your holy name and thank you for this amazing, amazing day. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to show your character of kindness and goodness. God, may our lives, Lord, be so attractive that people want to know the God we love and live and, and serve and the Lord we're going to spend eternity with. Right now, God, I pray for every person here, God, as they look into their life, is there homework they need to do? Is there an attitude that they need to have changed? Is there actions that they're not doing and need to do to show your kindness and goodness? How many of you here right now would be honest enough to just lift your hand up high and say, you know what, God has touched my heart and I realize there's some things that I need to do different to show kindness and goodness to attract people to Jesus. Just lift your hand, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you. You guys are, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Would you pray right now and, and, and begin to ask God to do a mighty work in your life in that? Now, I want you to know that Jesus, if you've never given your life to Jesus, that Jesus went all the way to benefit your life. Do you know that? Jesus came here and was born of a virgin Mary. He went to a cross and he died on a cross to shed his life's blood to give us forgiveness of sin. He was our ransom and took our place. And he came out of the tomb on the third day. And the very power that brought him out of the tomb is a power that he wants to give you to have not only a great life now, but life eternal in him. How many of you here know right now that Jesus needs to be in your heart and you need to ask him to save your soul and forgive you your sins? Would you be bold enough, just raise your hand real high, raise your hand real high and say, yes, I feel that God bless you. Anyone else, just lift your hand real high and say, I need the convicting power of Jesus and I want to know him as my Savior. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your boldness. Well, good morning, Freedom Church. I am so glad that you guys tuned in with us this morning. Listen, if you made a decision for Christ today, we want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you. So we have an online connection card. You can click the link in the description of the video that you're watching right now. Um, let us know about it. Let us know that you accepted Christ as your Savior. Um, and also, if you made any other next steps, whether you know you want to be baptized or you want to join a connection group or you want to start serving, let us know about it. It. We want to connect with you even though right now we're online. We would just love to continue to connect with you through this season. All right, what's well, one of our favorite parts of the service? Yes, I did say favorite parts. We are going to give back to God. You know, the reason that God calls us to give with open hands is so that He can just continue to pour back into us. We want to be faithful with what He's given us. So if you're ready to give your tithe or offering, you can find links for that. You can go on our app to give um, and you can visit our website. You can also do it the old fashioned way. You can write a check. You can mail it to Freedom Church, 1010 Freedom Church Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Or you can just drop it by the church during the week, during our office hours, Monday through Thursday. So we just are so glad that you watched with us today. Um, we hope you tune back in next week and we'll see you soon.